0: In the name of the one who died for us and is risen, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We can imagine it happened this way. The women, several of them, we know their names. Mary of Magdala, Martha and her sister, Salome, Lydia, Joanna, Rhoda, Susanna, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, perhaps huddled in a low, small house on the east side of the city, Jerusalem, quiet, mourning, remembering. The great holy day, Passover, is over, though there was no celebrating for these women. The regular routine of the first day of the week nearly begun. It's good to be together. They're not far from the gentle slope of the Kidron Valley, where the hollow sound of nameless voices, the marching sandals on hard, scrabble rock the bobbing lights of torches and the clatter of weapons at the soldiers' hands that broke into the prayerful circle of Jesus and his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was arrested. The men ran, most of them. Peter was the only one who did not go scrambling away, crashing through the fragrant olive grove, breaking branches and calling out to one another to scatter. The women had not seen the arrest. They did not join in the crowd for the trial, that mock trial. But they had seen the crucifixion of Jesus. And now they were prepared to do the work that women do, to clean and tend and wrap his battered body, torn as it was, for burial. Spices, linen, olive oil, richly centered, nard, these were the Passover preparations they had made, all that's needed to tend to the brutally dead, while the rest of the population went on with the Passover festival of life. They had hoped for so much, Jesus' words, his way had healed and changed and deeply honored and blessed each one of them. There had been such promise, and now now there was only the empty powerlessness of this day and all the days to come that would wrench away all belief. Mary of Magdala looks towards the low door and sees the pale rim of the fading night in the eastern sky. Heavily, she gets to her feet. She will go to the tomb, but not alone. We will go. We know where they have laid him. She gets up. Silently, the others do too. The baskets, the jars, the rolls of cloth are taken up. They bend out the door. Maybe one bids Jesus' mother to wait, stay in the peace of the house until the day is warmer, less horrid, and the worst of the work is done. Just a hand on her shoulder, a knowing nod, they set out. It's so quiet. At the distant edges of the gates of the city, the creaking rattle of a merchant's cart and the muffled bray of waiting donkeys just waiting to come in. Another workday is beginning. A wave of rage rises in one heart, nausea in the stomach of another that the world could resume as ordinary. So the walk towards the west, up the narrow, angular streets, to the heights of the city, across the great stone pavement where the crowds had shouted, Crucify him! Deep in shadow, west towards the tomb, where the land and the sky were still equally dark. Strange details pierced their overwhelming grief. The great stones of the courtyard were cut with long grooves. They had heard of that. Grooves so that rain or snow or, God forbid, blood of battle could drain through those grooves so the Roman soldiers' horses would not slip but would have traction on their massive hooves. Everything about these Romans was too big, too loud, too large. They're a tassel a tassel from a prayer shawl lying there, a revolting reminder that their very own leaders had been seduced by these foreigners' invasive violence. Then again, a narrow street. It tips down to the west and wasted side of the city. The aroma of spices rises one of the women smells it again and is reminded of the costly perfume she had broken and poured on Jesus' feet to anoint him, and he blessed her while Judas complained of the cost. The weighty roll of linen slips from Martha's hands. She catches it just again as the tight roll loosens. Lazarus, her brother, Jesus calling him from the tomb, loosening Lazarus's. Wrappings. In an instant, it all plays out again before her eyes, her eyes that sting with tears or maybe smoke from the refuse piles that smolder there on the descent from the city. And Mary, in voiceless words, gets their bearings by sight or by stink of Golgotha there, just there, The path, see the stone? And the echoes in their minds of the cruel voices, the hammering, the shrieks of pain, the loss of all physical control for the crucified, and the crosses that were hoisted and sunk into that reeking rock. The outline of Jesus' agonized self, the cry of his last words his lifeless body vivid, unwanted, unwelcome, indelible images in their mind's eye as they make their way past these empty, obscene devices. Mary wonders if the sky really had gone dark that day, or if she had fainted, which she felt perilously close to doing again just now as they slipped and stepped through the filth past the splits of wood that stretched their beams across the path like hideous compass markers. And as the first hum of bees and bugs, then there's the sparse single note of a waking bird and the light inkling of light arrives on the downside of the valley. They might be seen. It's dangerous business to have anything to do with a convicted and executed felon in this politically vibrating city. But no matter to Mary. All she wanted to do, all any of them wanted to do, was to tend him, to serve him out of love, One more time, as he had loved them, and so, to the tomb. And then it all turns so quickly. In fleet moments, those steps are retraced. Splinters pierce her pounding fist, pounding on the wooden door, where there, Peter and this small band of broken men are hiding, her anguished words choking her voice. We do not know where they have laid him. Now, only the night sentry and the earliest workers were about, but all stealth is lost to the slap of sandals and the urgent whispers of the disciples echoing their way through the narrow streets, across the courtyard, west, down the path, the garden, the tomb. Peter looks. The other goes in. They leave. The others follow. Not a word. One sharp intake of breath at the sight of the emptiness, and Peter is gone, brushing past the shahed tree there, its white and fuchsia blossoms, its honeyed scent, dancing in even this dim glimmer of air. Mary watches them go. Does his belief bloom so quickly? She wonders. She steadies the branch, her hand near the fruit, which is not ready, not ready at all for harvest. Musty and cold, the hollow tomb offers no comfort, no life, save the salty damp of her tears which fell on naked rock No. The other's belief is not her answer. Mary stands still in the weight of the weight of her silent vigil. A brush of shadow behind. Something bright? No. A A silhouette. Stepping softly toward her, no need to startle, it is first day, the gardener would be working early. But questions. Why is she asked questions? Need she explain herself? Sir, if you have carried him away, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus had lifted Jesus off the spikes of the cross labored to let him down, hefted him here. It was heavy work for two men, impossible for one, but sometimes desperate women have extraordinary strength. Sir, if you have taken him away, I will take him. Then her name. Just her name. Mary the warm solidity of Jesus' voice, the absolute of his frame and flesh, his hands, few words. There they stand, face to face, breath to breath, name to name, A moment stopped in time for him and her. Then he sends and she goes with her single sentence story. Serene and certain and piercing in promise, I have seen the Lord. The past 2,000 years or so have instructed us richly in what the resurrection of Jesus was, is, meant, means. We have been told what we must believe and then what we must therefore So much written and sung and sculpted and scripted and composed and painted to lead us and lead us again to comprehend how greatly the resurrection of Jesus matters and what a difference it should make. I have seen the Lord. He is risen. Words of absolute consequence that needs must make sense if 2,000 years of practice of explanations were to be adequate and perfectly clear. There is an overwealth of wondrous information. All we have in this moment, this morning, is experience. To stand alongside Mary in the dark at an empty tomb. The story has been carefully kept for us. The story has been carefully kept for you, beloved. Kept for you, because yes, wars will erupt, communities collide, weather will batter, people will provoke or provide, Economies, much like ourselves, will climb to pinnacles or edge to a precipice. And so it goes as the world turns or spins out of control. Who can say yet? When we go back out those doors into the who knows what, you will have been here with Mary to a place where death was, to a place. Where love is to see, Jesus risen is for you. Every one. Jesus gently calls your name. No exceptions. Beyond expectation. Because Easter... Every Easter, all we have is experience. To stand with Mary, absorbing the mystery, taking it as true, the Lord is risen. We are blessed and healed and accepted, forgiven and loved by name, by Jesus, risen. We are Mary. Solitary and serene, certain and stunned, standing amid the shifting shadow of a particular dawn, in the rising light of a peculiar day, coloring all that for us is yet to come with new joy, new hope, new strength and possibility. For the Lord is risen. Hallelujah.